Welcome. This is Straight Talk with NDFB. I am your host, Emery Melhoff, and I have something exciting to share with you guys. I have a new co-host, and this co-host also happens to be my brother, Ezra Grotberg. Welcome, Ezra. Thank you. Glad to be here. Excited, pumped, ready to rumble. We are your brother-sister duo, and we're going to be talking about the issues that matter to your operation. In this episode of Straight Talk with NDFB, we talk about working with family and what that looks like. We talk about potential pitfalls, and we talk about three strategies that you can employ on your farm. Uh, Ezra and I will dive into our partnership relationship that we have with our dad on our farm and talk about the different things and lessons that we've learned and are continuing to learn. So stay tuned. So there's this is our third season or your third season. Uh, am I like the guest star or like, you know, what were the other seasons about? <laughs> uh, well, our first season, we focused on legislative issues. And then our second season, we interviewed several people, including the Hefty Bros, where Seth Estenson, uh, the field staff for the Northeast Division of Farm Bureau, he has um, stepped back to do some ranching with his family and just to focus on other things. And so you are my new host. Okay. So do we get paid like a lot more seasons we're here, like we get paid more? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really exciting uh, to be here with you, Emery. Emery approached me a few weeks ago about doing this, and, and I thought it would be a fun opportunity. So, yeah. We're excited because we are the children of a... We were trying to count the generations. I think we're fifth generation farmers. Um, fourth generation Fourth farmers, generation? Yeah. Okay. It's because it's on my Instagram. That's the only reason I know. I asked Dad <laughs> one time, I was like, hey, Dad how many generation farmer would I be? <laughs> it's like, well, I think you'd be fourth. I'm like, good enough. The only reason I know is because I put it on my Instagram. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, great grandpa Berent Grotberg came over from Norway and he started the farm. And we have continued to farm and dad uh, has recently brought us in as partners to his farm. And so one of the big topics that we often talk about is how do you successfully farm together with family? And so... We thought that would be a good topic for our first episode here. And so with that, Ezra, why don't you get started? Yeah, well, uh, successfully, uh, maybe a bit of a stretch. But uh, yeah, no, I think there's, with all family farms, there's good days and, and days that you sometimes wonder what you're doing. But it's all, I, I think it's one of the best ways to operate in business as a family, probably the best way. And uh, I think, yeah, if, you, if everyone's goals are aligned, it can be uh, extremely effective and a lot of fun. One of the things that we see just around here and all over the state is more and more people our age are leaving the farm. And it's really interesting because a lot of people, when we tell them we're farming and we're fourth or fifth generation farmers, they are surprised and excited and a lot of people are like, oh, we want to get back to the farm. But honestly, a lot of people have, have just given up because it's hard. Like, it's hard to farm. It's hard to make money farming, which we'll get into on a later podcast episode. But it's also really hard to farm with family. And I've heard more than one person remark that they valued their relationships with their family more than they cared about having a business with their family. And so they just decided it wasn't worth it. Well, and, and I, I think one one thing about it is that it's maybe it's probably not for every family out there. Like there are families that 
Like it just wouldn't make much sense. Yeah. You know, and that's not better or worse or whatever. It's just, I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. And with a lot of people in the works, things get complicated. And if there's not, if there's not a plan in place on how, how everybody's skill sets are going to fit in the farm, I mean, it's, it, it would be challenging, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I think really the focus is for, for, for people that are farming together uh, as a family, you know, and, and what that looks like. And so when Emery and I graduated from high school on and stuff, I mean, we worked in the farm, I mean, growing up, doing the, all the manual labor, and but also driving all the equipment, doing all, the, all those things that all farm kids do. Um, and we've since then had, so I'm 25, and so I, I think... I, I think my first year, like actually farming, like I actually went to the bank and took out a loan to farm was, I think I was 18. Uh, yeah. Yep. Just when I graduated from high school and, you know, so, and, and we've done different ways, yep. Emory as well, different, different ways of working in the farm, uh, to get to kind of what we do now. And so it, it's taken multiple different approaches to how we farm in dad's operation over the years but i mean it it just takes time to find out how it all works together yeah that's really good i think that occasionally you'll hear people say hey my dad just doesn't want to hand the farm over but it takes time It, it takes time to build even your farm relationship where where maybe it takes a little bit too long in some cases but where your parents or grandparents can really trust you and um, where you can develop the, so, so to speak, put in your time to get, to get put into that yeah, place. Like that, obviously yeah. in some cases it, it does take too long and the, the patriarch or matriarch doesn't want to give up those reins, but it it's taken, it's taken a while. I mean, Ezra, you said that 18 to how old did you say you were now? 25. 25. Okay. And then, and for me, I, I went out to Virginia for college for a few years, but when I came back at 22 or however, till now I'm 29. There, there was one fall. <laughs> the weather was bad. We were out combining Emery's ground and she was in college. <laughs> and I, was, I was thinking not nice thoughts at the time of like, what, what is this? Yeah. But, I was out in Virginia, probably in Washington, DC, and you were yeah. out, up in Cooperstown. Yeah. But there's, uh, yeah, 30 miles away from the farm. And, you know, there's, I mean, there, but there's a, is a lot of that with family farming. We all go through different um, stages in life where, where it just doesn't work for, for every member of the farm to be mm-hmm. maybe to um, fill whatever role they have all the time. Right. But that's part of working together as a family and, and having that communication. Mm-hmm. And I think you wrote down, a couple of good points that maybe we could start touching on. And I think communication was one of them. Mm -hmm. I think the rewards that you can get from a family farm when the right things are in play and when each party is committed are, are really invaluable. And so for those out there who are interested in doing that or getting discouraged or want to even talk about, Hey, could I do this in the future? Just want to encourage them who are interested that it is possible and it's a hard, it's a lot of work, um, but there's a lot of rewards too. So, um, well, and I think it's important for for anybody that's coming back to farm, 
you know, you, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like how it can be easily said, well, dad won't give me the farm. You know, he's, you know, he won't retire. He won't, blah, blah, you know, and I, and that's an easy attitude to have. And I've fallen victim to that myself. But I think the, the thing to remember coming back to the farm is that it's not your business that you're coming back to. You're coming back because you realize the opportunity in the farm. Obviously, there's that relation there. So it's a it's an easy way to start. But I mean, it's not it's I think really in order for it to succeed, you can't be hanging all your chips or you're hanging your hat on <laughs> hanging your chips. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you can't just hang all your hats on on the fact that you're going to get everything that that your parents have built up to that point you know and i think if if that's the approach coming back and farming or never leaving and farming then you're just going to be frustrated you know so whether it's building your own farm or pursuing other business pursuits along with the farm you, you i think and i've learned this the hard way too is just going out and making sure that you're pursuing the things that will make you successful, will make your family successful so that you can basically the same way that, that your parents are holding things they have with an open hand, hopefully, that you can be open-handed with your stuff and not put them in a position where like, if they don't give you everything you expected out of the farm that you're disappointed. Mm -hmm. And so like, again, goes back to that communication. Like, what do I expect? I think, I think having expectations and having that open communication with your brothers and sisters or whoever's involved in the farm and your family is really important. Yeah. And, and yeah, dad, you know, dad's in his fifties. It's not fair for you or I to expect him to have his retirement plan dialed out and said, you get this quarter and this quarter, and this is how it's all going to work. And, you know, because it's, it's, it's just not fair, right. you know, because he's not at that point. Should he be thinking about this stuff? Yeah, I hope he is, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> shout out to dad. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just blabbing on here. Yeah. Well, and we've identified three areas that can lead to successful fa family farming together. And that was boundaries, communication, and commitment. And I think, Ezra, you touched on on communication. And I think to kind of add on to what you were saying, communicating respect and communicating appreciation is a, is a big deal. Um, making sure that each partner of the operation knows that you are in it for the success of the whole and not just success for you does a lot to building trust. And I think that communication point is key to building that trust and that respect that that gets us to the point where where we can continue to build on the family business and see it continue to succeed down the way. I think if if one party comes to the table, so if Ezra shows up and I know that Ezra's only here for himself and for making money for him, and I'm going to get taken advantage of along the way, and he's dropping little things that are communicating that, or he's not communicating with me, it's going to be really easy for me to feel like I'm, I'm being taken advantage of. But if Ezra comes in and, and which you do a great job of, by the way, um, <laughs> appreciation and respect and, um, making and even just letting the other party know what they're up to, you know, like if, if they're pursuing a different 
Well, both Ezra and I will just give this as an example. Both of us are pursuing businesses outside of the family farm. I have a cattle operation with my husband and Ezra has a tiling business that he has with his wife. And we have both communicated about our different uh, ventures with each other. And that goes a long way to building trust with one another, because instead of, instead of me being like, Oh, there's Ezra spending all of his time tiling and I'm, I'm doing all of the grunt work and the, you know, trying to keep the farm going in, in the office side of things. And, and he doesn't have any stake in the family farm. It, it's going to be difficult to trust him and that he has the best interest of the whole in mind. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, you've been really good at, at doing that. And so I'd say that communication is, is really key. So it's maybe, it's maybe safe to say communication is probably number one because it seems like it keeps coming back. One, one last thing on communication. And, and I, the reason I bring this up is because it helped me out a lot. Um, I read a book called rocket fuel. It's by Gina Wickman. And it talks about, um, there's two types of leaders in a business, an integrator and a visionary. Hmm. And you can't have, two of each in the same business. You can't have two visionaries and one integrator, two visionaries and no integrator. Okay. It's not saying your business won't succeed without that, but it's called rocket fuel because if you have those two things, those two leaders in place, your business will take off or this kind of goes into roles in the business, right? So personality wise, myself and, and dad are both visionaries. Like we're, we both, have the vision, the big picture. We focus on the big picture a lot and we have a hard time grasping other people's vision for things. So it's like, oh, well, you guys can't work together. Well, that's not the way I look at it. The way I look at it is like, okay, this is dad's business. Like this is his business that he owns that I work in and that I'm a partner in, right? And so it's not my place to come in and play visionary, like, like I want to, like, that's what I want to do every morning when I get up is I want to focus on the big picture and in this business, in the farming business, as long as I'm a partner in, in my dad's farm and he's the majority owner or CEO of it, like, it's not my place to be that visionary. And once I realized that, like, it kind of has actually helped me out a lot because then it's just like, okay, I see why like we butt heads a lot is because I'll, gra- I'll grab onto this vision that we got to go do this and he'll grab onto this vision that we got to go do that. And then we're always going in the opposite direction. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well, no, we, we need to focus on dad's vision because he's, that's his role in the business. Right. So yeah. anyways, that, that really helped me out looking at, at my role within the business. That's really good. Yeah. And I, I'm never going to be an integrator in the business. Like that, that is not a strength of mine. So, uh, you know, we need to pull those skill sets from other people, you know, whether it be employees or other family members. Yeah. That's awesome. That I think ties pretty well into our boundaries, yeah. um, point, because I think in order to have a successful business at all, you have to have boundaries, but it's very, very important in a family business, um, because it's really easy in most families to blur boundaries. Um, and I'd say every family probably has a hard time holding the boundaries just (laughs) on a personal level. But as soon as you get into the business side, it gets, gets a lot harder. And we are definitely not experts on having 
<laughs> we're not money. We're not, yeah, we're <laughs> not anything boundary experts. But yeah. that's one of the things that um, has been really important and something that dad's been really good to teach us. Well, and, and, um, I, and I would say like, again, it, it, I mean, for boundaries, well, for example, like we don't work on Sunday uh, because we're, we're believers. We believe in God. God's commanded that we take the, the seventh day yep. off. I can't say I've never combined on a Sunday, <laughs> but you know, but not, that was more like, okay, weather's coming in, right. you know, pull your cow, cow out of the well. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, that is a good boundary that we have is, is not working on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not like I'm not thinking about work. It's just like purposing to have that time with your family and especially because we all live fairly close together. So we wind up at each other's houses on Sundays more often than not, I would right, say. Yeah. So if every time we go and get together at, at Emery's house and all we're doing is talking about work and never like never just enjoying our families for, for who they are and building those relationships, at the end of the day, all we have is a work relationship. And, yeah. and that kind of sucks. Right. You know, like long term when you're working with family. Yeah. Keeping family time and work time separate is really important. And also, I would say not talking about each other behind yeah. each other's backs. I would say I see the quickest deterioration in our working family relationship and working business relationship when members start to talk about each other without that person present. Like as soon as, as soon as there's any gossip that's going on within the business, you, you, well, you begin to lose trust, but then all of a sudden there's like a deterioration in, in all of the areas. And so really making, that's one of the things that we've really tried to commit to. And I think is essential is committing to, and it's hard sometimes because you want to judge the decision the other person makes. And it kind of feels good to talk about them sometimes when they're not there. I don't know what it is, but it just feels good. Why do they do that? Yeah, Yeah. But committing to not talking about that person when that person's not there or not saying something about that person that you wouldn't say to their face is very important. Well, and I think also like, I think one of the strengths you can have as a family working together is is that you do know each other very well. But then, like we were just talking about building relationship outside of work, also building a relationship like a di- doesn't necessarily a different one, but it has to be a it it does have to be different. I think to some extent, you know, I know there's some businesses out there that with family businesses like the kids at work, don't call their dad, dad, they call him Dwight, (laughs) you know, by his first name, right? Because it takes that for the employees that are working within the business, it, it takes that, that portion out of it. Well, I think it, I think it's important. Um, I think it goes back to that respect side where the employees are, are realizing that, that we as children of the operation, we're not just getting things handed to us on a silver plate. Right, you have to earn them. Yeah, right, you have yes. to earn it. And I think, I think for some families calling dad by his first name can help communicate that to the employees where it can remind them that, oh, hey, this person is also working and it's not just a system where this person's getting things handed to them, yeah. spoon fed, so yeah. to speak. And I'm Which, sure there's instances out there where the child of the parents should not be the person that takes over like <laughs> yeah. the business. Like, yeah, they're going to probably have ownership like in the business. Type yeah. But, but like, it's not, it's not the right person 
and and that's important. Like putting people in their strengths is yeah. is probably the, one of the most important thing, and letting people thrive where they're strong, and not not forcing somebody to do the books that yeah. that's. That's that's not their strengths. Well, I say I'm a good example of that because when I when I started working, I mean I've been obviously working on the farm since day one, <laughs> um, but when I really started to get involved in the daily operations after school, like when, I when I you did, started to get paid, <laughs> <laughs> when I started to get paid, um, I ran pretty much all the equipment except I wasn't good at the sprayer. So dad, after the one time he had me in the sprayer, he said never again, but I did everything, you know, planted, combined, did tillage work, all of the things. Um, but as my life has developed and grown and I have gotten married and now have a baby, it's just not super practical for me. I, I help my husband out on the cattle ranch and in doing, um, a lot, uh, equipment time for him, but it's just not super practical for me to, always be the one jumping in the planter to plant a field. Uh, that's just not something that I'm as good at as Ezra. Ezra is much better at that than I am, but I am very good at pulling things together in the office. And so where my natural strength has fallen is to manage our office and make sure that bills get paid on time and communicate with outside vendors, et cetera. And that's kind of just fallen naturally to me because of, I mean, I enjoy field work and I enjoy doing that. Um, but with my skill set and just the way that my life is right now, um, I need to be able to be able to bring my baby in with me and, and having a family business, which is one of the really great things for me in a family business is I can bring my baby. Um, but I can, I can have my baby take a nap in the office in a way that doing tillage work right now just doesn't really work with with where I'm at, and so I'm. A, I will say, there's nothing like a tractor to put your kids to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and so I guess the last thing would just be commitment. I think each party, and we talked a little bit about this, but really has to be committed to the success of the whole. I think I think sometimes that actually looks like a little bit of diversity. Like Ezra and I briefly mentioned that both he and I have businesses outside of the farm, and I think sometimes when you're looking at coming back to an operation, you may be in a situation where a farm can't support parents and two children or three children all at once. There might be enough money being generated from the farm to support one and a half families. Um, but sometimes that might look like one of the partners having an outside venture. And I think diversity is huge. There's a, there's a farm down in Indiana where all seven sons wanted to farm and they had like 900 acres and they ended up splitting it into seven different ventures and they all still work together, but each of them has like a, a different, um, a different part they run. I think it's called Seven Sons and they're down in Indiana and one has cows and the other one has pigs and, and, and they employ several employees and pay them f very well. And so I think diversity can be, um, one of the biggest advantages and one of the biggest tools for success for family farms. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm kind of, you know, talking about commitment, you know, I think being committed to Money probably doesn't get talked about as much as it should, but being committed to being responsible with finances. You know, I've had different business losses as I've continued to grow and, and learn different things and pursue different ventures. You know, I've I've been put in tight financial positions and it's very important, especially when you're in a family 
farm where, where you are making your money that, that you are being responsible with that money that you're making. And yeah, you're, I mean, you're going to lose money doing different things. I mean, that's just life. Right. But like not, not putting your mistakes as a financial burden on your making family other, as making well. Making your family pay for your mistakes. Yeah, exactly, right. And I mean, who knows what that looks like, but I mean, it's, you know, kind of just a commitment, I think, is, you know, committed to your success um, first, but not at the expense of those around you, just your success first so that you are not a burden to other people as well. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's been instances in our farm where one of us, may have suffered a loss on some of our ground. Yeah, got hailed out in a spot or no rain. Yeah, yeah. and then the other partners have chipped in to help keep them afloat during that year. And I think when when each partner is committed to the success of the other, you're able to see see the success. Yeah. Well, and and that's where, you know, again, is, is your farm multiple farms? that kind of rent equipment together? Is it, is it one big farm where everybody profits from at the end of the year? Is it, you know, that goes down to figuring out what works for you mm-hmm. and your family for sure. You know? Yeah. And we, by all means do, we, we do not have this all figured out, right. you know, but we definitely have learned things as we, <laughs> as we've gone We're along. We're speaking from <laughs> our mistakes. Yeah. I guess to close here, let's, uh, I think, for anybody who is interested in coming back to farm with their family or they see their operation back at home or you're or, or you're in it now and you feel stuck i think the biggest key that i would recommend would just be look for a hole like look for an area of of weakness in the operation where you can bring strength where you can say okay i think that i can come in and develop a system for that and um an example of that would in our operation would be keeping track of employees time um and and identifying me identifying hey we have a lot of different people here and and spending different time doing stuff how do we know that people are maximizing their time and how can i how can i even get a hold of information like who's spending time doing what and how much time are we spending on various projects and so i'm currently working on developing a time tracking system using an app to track people's time and to put it into generate it into a report to say, okay, here's how much time we're spending doing field work. Here's how much shop time we're spending. And then that way um, we can sit down and identify areas where we're losing money because people are spending too much time in a certain area and just prove, improve efficiency. Mm-hmm. And so, and so as I develop that system, it, it becomes an invaluable tool for, tool for the farm where it, can save the farm thousands of dollars. And so I would just really recommend anybody out there just to, if you feel frustrated or stuck, look for a hole and try to try to fill that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Having a role on the farm and that's hard. I mean, cause I mean, doing things with business, a lot of times you're doing things that you don't want to be doing or aren't, that's not your (laughs) skill set. So, you know, finding the balance, right. But yeah, maybe, maybe a good podcast in the future would be, would be, Talking about building business systems. Yeah. And find somebody for that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, thanks again for tuning in. You've been listening to Straight Talk with NDFB. This is your host, Emery and... Uh, Ezra. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. 
On our next episode, we are going to talk about business management solutions and how you can employ different operating systems within your business so your business doesn't run you, so you run your business. <laughs>